0: Hey, 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 Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm Tim Malloy with Keith, Denny, and Aaron Lanton. Today we are talking about Emergency, which is now available on Amazon Prime Video, and you can probably still find it in theaters. Uh, this movie first came out May 20th. We're getting to it almost a month later because we've had some stuff going on. Uh, Aaron was traveling. I was traveling. Keith got married. Congratulations, Keith.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. <laughs> um, this movie is directed by Carrie Williams from a short that first came to Sundance, sort of evolved into a full-length feature, scripted by KD Davila, I believe it's pronounced, stars R.J. Kyler, Donald Elise Watkins, and Sebastian Chacon. Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot, but let's start with Keith. Did you like Emergency?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, my overall thoughts was, like, if you asked me, like, if I liked the film, yeah, I did like it i i enjoyed it i um i don't know where it stands i guess in the grand pantheon of like films of coming of age stories or anything like that but um i did enjoy it what i what it made me think about was kind of like this concept of where i don't know how to put it in the words like so so first thing it made me think about films like um like super bad, for example, right? Where you know you got young people that kind of just want to party. Like it's it's like a kind of like a simple story of just just guys want to party or guys want to get laid or do drugs or whatever. You know, like a a type of fun like party film. But then it seems like once you add the more of a um, a cast of not just just young men but these young men both in some type of both being black African American men or men of color, then the whole thing itself kind of changes, like what the whole themes and everything of it changes. So it still has that type of feel to it, but there's also a certain seriousness to it too that cannot be ignored because of race. So those are my overall thoughts, straight up. Yeah, Aaron,
0: what'd you think?
2: And I feel like Keith has uh, been in, in a cocoon coming up with the best way to put stuff. That's pretty much, I don't know, I could have said it a lot better than that. Uh, that pretty much summed up my thoughts. Um, and again, you know, normally when we talk about stuff, I try to get a sense of what people talked about, um, like kind of what the conversation is around, uh, whatever we happen to be looking at. One of the things that stuck out to me as a review is somebody said Emergency is Fruitvale Station meets Superbad. Wow. Oh, and it's just like exactly. that's exactly that's so uh it's kind of sending in a way I think they don't even really mean for it to be uh, Yeah. in a lot of different ways even if you wanted to directly compare these movies like the way it's like taking the way cops handle stuff in this versus you know what happens in the movie you know like I, I think that's it's really reductive in, in a bunch of different ways. But one thing I, I do want to bring up uh, that'll be something worthy of talking about is just does this movie feel like something that that you know is maybe trying too hard to have a certain sort of message? I, I think some people felt like it it by including certain sorts of of imagery like the black lives matter stuff that like it was trying to hit stuff a little too um too hard on the nose i think in a lot of ways it it pulls off a lot of what it's attempting to do um and in a way like i i I kept i I gotta be honest like thinking it would be less bold in some ways and it was especially near the end when i realized after the situation happened when they got the girl finally to the hospital i was like we got 20 minutes left what could they possibly do that's worth staying here for like it felt like the movie was completely wrapped up in a lot of ways but then they actually took it to a place i didn't expect them to go and we'll we'll um, talk about that if we felt like all that was worthwhile but i feel like the character arcs that we experienced with with um our two main protagonists was Kule and sean I thought it was really interesting dynamic. I think it's one that rings true in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, uh, overall, I think this is a movie worth watching, though. Um, I think it definitely has some funny elements. I think some of the jokes don't work. I think some of them work excellently. Uh, but when when it's, it's you know, really, um, you know, confident in what it's doing, like, you know, you're not going to find a lot of movies that will come out recently that do it better.
1: Yeah,
0: Agreed. one thing I liked a lot uh, kind of a rule of screenwriting is you want to make sure that you can tell who everybody is and that you can tell the characters apart from each other like from mm-hmm. their books on the page mm-hmm. and I thought this movie just did an excellent job of like explaining who Sean is and explaining who Kunle is pretty much immediately even from the way they're dressed like from the very first scene you get their dynamic and you get their friendship um, why they're friends, what the potential tension is in their friendship mm-hmm. um, and then the movie just plays that out all the way through and really carries it to the end. And I thought it did a really good job of that. That's probably my favorite thing about it. And I think that's, you know, what the filmmakers intended is to really just make it about the relationship between these two guys and all that they, if you want to blow it out a little bit more, you can say they symbolize different types of people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, I thought it just worked on a human level. I care about these two friends. You yeah. know, and this movie does some things from a script perspective that are like really
2: they're just things I would be scared to do, but the movie's confident enough in itself to just do it. Like, they take so long to show you how they're tracing them when you never see a phone that it's just like, is this a plot hole or is this intentional? Um, and you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay, there it is. Um, you know, or just the way certain characters just don't, like, Sean doesn't actually he he says everything out loud to Kunle about why he challenges his blackness but what Kunle actually was missing in their conversation was the the like primal fear that Sean had had developed over time because of the experiences that people in his life have had and he, there's no words he could have ever said that would have allowed Kunle to understand what he was saying. And it's not like he was saying, I don't want you to be who you are, but there are consequences to trying to just do the right thing because it's the right thing. And I'm just, I'm terrified because of what I've had happen when authority figures are present or what has happened to people I know for simply doing nothing. And Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be in that position. And when he had that level of powerlessness and that level of fear, it brought him a totally new perspective. And to the point where we get to the end of the movie and, you know, he's at the point, like he doesn't have to accept this half ass apology from this girl who almost got him killed and got everybody in a crazy situation. He doesn't have to, you know, feel lesser than... But as they're sitting there and everybody's chilling and, and like just kind of enjoying what's left of, of their friendship together, I didn't even understand why they were doing this at first. I almost thought like it was something outside my house when the sirens go off and his, his and his eyes change, he's never gonna be the same after that experience. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how how you know buttoned up he is, how smart he is, how this, once that that you know belief that like that authority figures could could see you as that much of a danger where they do that to you like he, he just it, it's hard for him to compartmentalize
0: anymore it's super important and smart of the script that his parents are nigerian immigrants so he doesn't have this yeah. like whole history with with america
1: i mm-hmm. mean it's a, yeah it's, it's a different experience
0: it's just land yeah. of opportunity and there's no downside
1: yeah no. i think that's one of the most things that stood out to me is, and I I love any story that shows a different part of the black experience. Because if you let like other people tell our stories, then it's like black people are only like one dimensional. Like we only like one type of way or something like that. And this film does show that, you know, there's, you know, of course, there's different types of black people here in the United States. And there's people who grew up rather they grew up with Nigerian parents or Jamaican parents or whatever, or they grew up in upper middle class or grew up lower middle class or whatever, we still have these different nuances as a people, just like any group of people do, you know? And I like that they showed that because that that has, I even say in my life, and I think even Aaron can attest to this, is that, you know, you meet certain people um rather they you know from different parts of the United States or uh from another country and it's like they don't really truly understand like some of the racial injustice here but then they look just like you you know and but they but they don't relate to you on that level so it would be the same as and to me sometimes it's talking to a white person to be honest with you about like trying to explain to them like what this feels like on a, because I think that is something about it that's so visceral that you can't you can't explain to nobody unless you unless you've been racial profiled in your lifetime, it's kind of hard to explain what that feels like, you know, or discriminated against. It's kind of hard to explain that, you know. I think one of the best examples I saw, and this wasn't about blackness,
2: but just like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, in somebody else's shoes, I and mean, being paranoid that yeah what special it was but he talked about it wasn't one of the regular netflix ones it was like one of one-off things he did on the side um maybe was like instagram he put this up um but he was saying that women like like he said if you want to know what it's like to be a woman like as a man just imagine yourself walking around with a backpack full of money (laughs) except everybody knows you had a backpack full of money everybody knows you have it
1: yeah, and that's what David Chappelle said in that special when he had got. I think they handed him like two thousand dollars or something for a show, and he was walking around with it, and he felt like a. He felt like that's the first time he felt like he could feel like what a woman feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember one time I had to take. I forget it was like five thousand some hundred, uh,
2: some hundred dollars to Bursha's <clears throat> office. Like I took it. Out. I, I don't remember why I had to do this, but I think it's like some was needed immediately. But they like the check would have been too long; it would have been an issue. So I take all this money out and I'm just walking with it, and I ain't going if was like a couple of miles. But like, y'all, I mean, I, I felt like Spider Man. Everything was going off. My
1: <laughs> spider sense was just everywhere. So yeah, I can't even imagine. And people yeah. don't even. And most likely, of course, people don't know that you got it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like it was like you know I had a sign on my head saying you know come take it, but I felt like it was there. Yeah, but but you know, I think the difference in that though is even still like I think that's a fair comparison. But at the same time, I think as a man, I just feel like I'm a man. Like I I couldn't imagine being a woman because it feels like you, I will feel like I'm vulnerable all the time. Like at least I think I can defend myself to a certain extent. Right. Well,
2: but so but so okay. Let's 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 talk about why we're even. This is even a conversation we're having, like as it relates to the movie. When it comes to that situation as it was laid out um where there's now they don't even know she underage that become a whole nother thing later but you have a young white girl who is in your house and you're black and everybody else in there is at least not white that's yeah like you you do have to go through the options of okay like do we just call the cops immediately? I mean, now I would because the thing is, there's too many variables about because you don't know where she came from. People could start accusing you of stuff. Like, it's just like, yeah, hey, let's just, you know, do what we got to do, tell the truth, go from there. But I can see why, you know, I'm thinking about that in the times before all this other stuff has popped off. Now, if I'm in college now and seeing that, and I got somebody with all that pent up energy saying that, I could see why somebody will follow their lead and try to do something. Real foolish, like they was doing. Cause when you young, you do stupid stuff.
0: Oh, well, you do also, stupid stuff. Like, I think the tilting thing is like you got Sean. Sean is black. Kule is black, and I forget the Mexican American roommate's name. Carlos. Carlos, yeah, who's Mexican American? I think Carlos has been smoking a bong. Oh yeah!
2: Oh, oh yeah! It's high. it's heavy in there.
0: So there's that too. Yeah. Which is just. and then you also put like a little element of paranoia on top probably because i was like i would 100 percent call the cops because i'm you know well first let's pretend i'm not a middle-aged white guy let's pretend i'm a young white guy i would absolutely have called the cops but then if i had been smoking maybe not it just depends yeah i thought they did a really good job of making it the movie did a really good job of making it like what should they have done but
2: see but like to yeah. keep's point though like when you think about different elements of how people like how you perceive stuff differently when you're black and in that situation especially like a black guy oh with a and white it's phone. a
1: white girl you're just like man yeah. like this is all the worst possibilities absolutely man i'm gonna tell you that's that's the my biggest takeaway from the film it isn't rather they made the right decision or not it's the fact that they had to make that decision. Like the decision should always have been to call the police. Yeah, because if it's a bunch oh. of white boys, even if they all doing drugs or
2: whatever, right. you know, like they, they, they would just call like, "Hey, we got a situation."
1: Unless, and unless they would they hide what they
2: could, and the cops would smell some stuff. Hey, what do you, Hey, we're just
1: doing a little bit. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, boys will be boys." But but the, <laughs> but you you know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole point. Like if you if you feel like that the people that are supposed to protect and serve you are not going to protect and serve you in this situation then that's that's the problem that's the but whole see, but, but, that's the whole problem but so stuff.
2: but th- but there's the other thing The the script is so again I, I think it's it's a small thing in some ways right but i do think again the script does this thing at the end where you're like are they gonna really do this most obvious thing they could do or are they gonna do something more complicated so when they don't shoot Koonlay, right? That's an opportunity to make this. Cause see, for example, like, what was that movie that we watched the uh uh oh my god, come on, what was um uh, come on, it's about the black uh black guy, black girl, they go on the run from a cop, the cop attacks them, and they gotta shoot him.
1: Queen of Slam.
2: There we go, thank you. So the thing that movie, the movie doesn't work for me in a lot of ways but in one of the ways Clinton Slim doesn't work is it takes an easy way out to me at the end as far as like just shooting them and letting that be it but I think this movie choosing not to do that is actually a much bolder choice because it makes the case they don't and the thing is this is one missed opportunity for them they should have also and again, like it, it's covered in a lot of ways, because they, they're talking about the fact that even they're even there talking to each other at the end of the movie shows the cops weren't screwing around, right? But the fact that their worst expectations did not take place, I think, is also a smart move by the script. Like the cops don't show up and just start like they, you know, as much as the, you know, they're not immediately listen to the girl about my sister, my sister, blah blah blah. He didn't do nothing. To, They can't act like that in the immediate. All they know is they saw some other girl in the back screaming for help. And they don't really know what's going on with that either. So they're all going to be a little panicked. They come up and they they do what they're supposed to do. They get the situation more calm. They get the girl, her, her emergency assistance. And then when they ask him for his side of the story, they go, okay. Let you offer the warning. It's crazy shit. Let you offer the warning.
0: Next time be it. to the experts or something.
2: Yeah, because the thing is, yeah, cops. Look, I've seen I've had bad experiences with cops, I've had you know bad and good experiences with cops, period. But the thing is, in general, with college students, you know, and I'm not talking about campus cops. If the real cops gotta show up with you know something done went wrong, right? But normally when they show up, they do try to give some leeway. If you just go ahead and tell them what happened, they normally just chill because they like. College students, da-da-da, we on campus. They're not trying to put a bunch of smoke and put the campus on, you know, a shine a light on what's going on, on, you know, at this university, you know, all this kind of stuff. So they try to be lenient. And I thought that was interesting to even not have it go far and then become like this really trite thing at the end where it's a bunch of news headlines and then somebody died and then somebody at a funeral crying, oh, the cops are so bad, da da, da. Like, that would have been really trite and and boring, honestly. And I don't feel like we would have gotten much from that.
0: I thought they no. did a good job of making it like 50-50. Like this could really go either way. And mm-hmm. I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. And,
1: and I think that's part of the trauma and the traumatizing part of it. You know what I mean? Like if you like get having a gun pulled out on you is terrifying. Like because you don't know, like you said, it's a 50, 50% chance that this man, like while he's on the ground, this the cop could have killed him then and there. And he know that this is something that has happened before. And he, and the thing is, he was warned: if you go, this is exactly what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen to you. So he he. So I'm thinking, like, from the character's perspective, he like I'm I'm gonna die. This is it, you know. Which to me makes it more powerful in my eyes than him actually getting shot and killed. And it
2: gives him an opportunity to go <clears throat> to Sean and go, "Wow, I really like." I, 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 he doesn't say I forgive you for leaving me. But he was like, the fact, like, I, he's like, I just don't ever want to feel this again. I don't want to. He understood why he left. That's why. I yeah. He, he was, was like, immediately he got it. He was like, I'm, I can't, I cannot begrudge you for that, even a little bit. Like, that was the worst thing to ever happen. And I just don't want to feel like this anymore and he just started just bawling tears. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, okay, well. Okay, that, that is a well done script there. And I do, we keep talking about the script, but I do really want to compliment the actors, you know, especially, oh,
1: yeah.
2: there, there's so much like, so this thing, as far as like these sorts of films, like when we're talking about, like, you know, Super Bad and all these other movies, um, you know, American Pie is a movie, like it was, you know, it's different in a bunch of different ways. They aren't the as serious and, and um, a bunch of elements, but I've never seen these movies take such a dramatic turn. Yeah, um, and that's also a choice that I just—I—I I wasn't confident they were going to do it, and it put a lot of other stuff in a different light for me um, later. Just all this stuff about how you know he felt like you know here's this friend and his was about to go off and become like this kind of uh champion of industry and science and whatever else, and that he's gonna get left behind and, and forgotten. And um, you know, while everybody's saying this stuff about how great they know he's gonna be, even like the people in their in their class are like, don't mess yeah. him up. Don't don't ruin him. Don't get him in trouble, you know, like <laughs> don't screw up, screw up everything for everybody, you know, but they don't look at him with that sort of of um kind of, they, they don't see him in the same shining light, and, and that's a struggle for him, because he understands why they don't. You know, they think because people in his family have had a criminal element or aren't as, don't have as much of an education or as much money and stuff like that, that um, he'll drag him down by being associated with him. Um, and that's also a part of how a lot of these dynamics play out in,
1: in real time too. Yeah. And i I also like just this um like certain like perceptions that we see in the film like kind of like how um so I hope I'm saying this right like Kunle mm-hmm. was yeah. very um <laughs> like he was very like nervous and shaky around like um sean's um kinfolk like the the guys that that seem to be yeah, yeah. Like, more like thugs, I guess right. Mm-hmm. And so he he you know he felt nervous around them, but he's the one that's quick to want to call the police though, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, but these guys once they find out that they got a white yeah. girl in the gang, yeah. <laughs> they they instantly leave. So it's like so who the real thugs out here? <laughs> you know so um, and and then at the end at the end back to what we said the police were the ones that put him you know had him had him like on the ground with a gun to his head and stuff. And then there's also the perception of like um, back to like the experiences, like maybe like you could say there's something about a different experience of being a Hispanic American or or a Mexican American in the United States. Because you had Carlos and then you had his cousin who asked for white, like this whole time, this girl been like (laughs) dating this guy, not knowing that he was. A, a Mexican, you know, Mexican American and stuff.
2: That made me laugh so
1: hard. Because that does happen. All yeah, that's a that's a thing, time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so oh my goodness, that was so funny. So, in a way, I guess you could say him and Kunle, I mean, the cousin and Kunle kind of had that in common. Not saying that Kunle can pass for being white, but it's but he mm-hmm. did um embrace more of the um of of a white american like kind of culture in a sense more so
2: well i mean like it was working out for him right (laughs) you know uh like when it come up it come up you know what i mean like that's that's what we'll talk about that just to go back to something you said too about like that scene is it because okay that none of that's actually necessary in the movie where they go and meet uh sean's family but it is always well, no, necessary to get, there. but, but I, but I was going to say, I'm saying like to move the plot along, you don't have to have it, but I think it's a really pivotal moment for character in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, <clears throat> like, cause you know, when you were talking about like, you know, what, what, what do you, why do you put stuff in stories And, you know, you made the comment about it's either to move things forward in the story or to like show something to character. And one of the things that was really funny was when Kool-Aid first walked walks in, we've well a lot of us have seen that scenario with somebody who's not like you know they might be a square or something in that situation and some people are telling them to sit down the sit down isn't really about a command it's about you showing that you like that you don't feel too good to sit on my furniture right to, to, to drink out my cup to to smoke off my joint you know what i mean like you're I'm trying to ingratiate you and get I'm trying to, you know, get you comfortable, get a feel for who you are, but you acting like you don't feel comfortable enough to sit down like you gotta, you, you know, bougie. remain standing. Yeah, I like like it's bougie. it's something wrong with the atmosphere, you know, and so that is there's just like a lot of little subtle things they get right, even like the way they were barking at him about it and how he, and it's like it, what he was doing in the bathroom was trying to get somebody to lock that, that uh their refrigerator but it looked like he hiding away from them so when he comes out it sounds like oh you know and like late he calls him out like oh so what well, you scared to be around some real black people and there's an insinuation there about uh, there's just so much going on in their conversations
1: he was low-key hiding though too yeah of course it was a little yeah, of he, both he was definitely he was definitely hiding and yeah. um and and i guess i guess to a small extent i i mean I can kind of relate to it. I never been like shaky like that because I always felt like when you were around certain people, you need to act like you're supposed to be there. Yeah, because if you don't, <laughs> you're gonna stand out and it's gonna become a problem. Yeah, because yeah, then now you're looking like the feds. Like you know what I'm saying? Cause you just sitting there just looking I mean, out square. That
2: that's anybody house, So You you go to any so if somebody from another culture invites you to a place where they people at, you gotta everything they ask you do you want this you better just say yeah yeah a little something to everything because if you just be standoffish and you know you're not accepting things they are trying to bring to you when they house and they are trying to show
1: hospitality you keep turning shit down they're gonna start getting frustrated with you you know man i remember this not to get too sidetracked i remember i was working with these guys they were like from um one guy was like from cuba mm-hmm. and the other guy was like from Colombia. they were like filmmakers and we were working on a project And so during lunch, they would like one of their like abuela or something, she would make us lunch and like she made like this pot of soup and it smelled good. It was it was like a bunch of stuff and I forgot what they called it, but it had pork in it and I don't eat pork. And I told them, I said, hey, thank you. But no, thank you. I don't eat pork or whatever. Man, I feel like those guys did not look at me the same ever since then. Like, I felt so weird. Like, the whole energy, like, they, cause they kept offering it. And I was like, man, I just don't eat pork. And then they was looking you, like, you should, you should just body. say it was a religious thing. or so whatever you had to say. So they didn't feel like you were just being, you know. Yeah. Like, they, they, like, the whole atmosphere changed after that point. And I, I knew, I knew what it was, you know, because it's the same thing. If I go to my Ken Fol's house and they, 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 have barbecue ribs or something now you know i don't eat pork but you still trying to get me to eat the ribs mm-hmm.
0: you know I, have, I have it with alcohol all the time yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i i am an alcoholic i cannot drink alcohol but i also don't want to like people are having a party and i'm like no i'm sorry i'm an alcoholic like i don't want to like ruin <laughs> their party
1: because <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure people be like oh you could just have one can't you you like yeah, no. yeah
0: so, it's uh, there's constant like the environment changing where I'm just like, oh no, I'm good. I can't.
2: The people just go, that means you just have the, the trace of the 43rd president. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like, but that is, that is a thing that happens. So, I mean, and which one is 43rd? Is that much? I, I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. He's a good uh, a good alcoholic president. we yeah. had, we had two non drinkers in recent years. Well, who else? Trump is also a non drinker what not the, not the best representatives of our uh of the non-drinking people wow, interesting
2: i need to trump learn more more about
0: trump is just a an i never touched this stuff because i'm better than you kind of guy
2: yeah i'm sure he has other things that that um get them off like tv but uh yeah i mean really i i don't know this this movie just really clever in a lot of ways um there are some parts and i, I can't remember off the top of my head um It's been a little moment since I watched it again, but uh, where it feels like it's padded a little bit. Um, I mentioned this to y'all and then it just so happened right before we recorded. And then Keith put me on point with this because I did not recognize it. I don't watch The Office like that, but there's that scene. And I just have a different appreciation for it um, from The Office where they're doing the, um, you know, uh, ha, ha, ha high, staying in line, staying in line. High pitched and all that. And when they're doing the movie, I'm like, what the heck's he doing? Why is he that high on the song? And then he's like, oh no, The Office. The Office scene. The famous Office scene. I'm like,
0: oh.
2: I didn't even catch that.
0: In the climax of the movie makes me kind of wonder if they just didn't see it in The Office. Because I'm (laughs) hoping. I think people do actually say that in CPR classes. Although we talk offline aaron and i have both taken cpr classes and they never do that at us um
2: i'm not saying it don't happen i've had it several i just haven't heard it yet that's all
0: yeah i feel like it may have i feel like they may have taken a cpr class or heard that from someone else and not even realize maybe the other person had got it from the office or maybe they got it from a cpr CPR But, but if
1: it's an homage i think that's okay
0: yeah that'd be fine i i would when i write something i try scrupulously to not do something that someone else has done um and i'm often bummed out when i see like oh shit they made that same joke and that- okay but but wait a minute
2: wait a minute come on This tim there's something you're forgetting though what it's kumlai we're talking about who would do something like kumlai would do this like that's the thing if if, if they you know how, like sometimes you know shows will like reference or tv shows will reference things that like yeah that's having real like like i feel like maybe that's what's happening there like kumlai is the kind of cat who just to try to Cause he, remember he was he was saying like, he would say I was so terrified it was real and I was just trying to like get through it yeah and maybe that's just how he got through it was doing an it office scene improv.
0: Watching this again did make me aware that even though I took CPR like six months ago I have no fucking idea how to do CPR. <laughs> I <need> to <laughs> this like... came
2: up to me for some reason the other day and I was like if I had to do because for some reason I do see people a lot of people give CPR on TV shows and, and film. Yeah, wait, wait. And I'm like, could I do it right now if I had to? And it's like, yeah. yeah. The thing is, I n- I never remember how many chest compressions I'm supposed to do. That's, That's why you got to
1: do it to staying alive. I know, know no, 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 no. But the <laughs> thing is,
2: you're supposed to. You don't do it 100. Like they say, 100 beats, well, 100 push per minute. You wouldn't actually do it. You need to breathe in between there. Um. So. It, whatever i'm not going to give a cpr lesson on the on the uh, I, have
0: a, I have a number in my head but i don't want to say it out loud in case it's wrong so I'm just yeah exactly yeah this, you've been thinking maybe i should do a cpr course you should you definitely should do a cpr course you might help somebody you might need to do a refresher course six months later to remember the number that i can't mm-hmm. remember right now but uh yeah cpr is fucking great it's an easy course it's fast
1: it's very yeah. helpful
0: the dummy feels nice when you're pushing down on its on its weird plastic chest um, the part with the baby is extremely sad and, uh, that'll, that'll get your attention. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do CPR course again. I have a little card in my wallet that says I know how to do CPR. I don't, but you have the card. Is something. that right? Mr. Malloy. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny. I remember I took a, I was taking a Spanish class and I, I was like, I've got to do like 10 more hours to get the certification. And this woman in the class was like, why? Like, can you speak Spanish or not? Like, who cares? If you have a- <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like you can put it on a sheet of paper and get
1: paid
0: more off of that. He's like, yeah, but can you speak Spanish? Like, I was the French club president. I can't speak any French.
1: Yeah, yes, I took favorite. French for years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, can you even do, like, a couple words, Seth? I can Ooh.
0: say, I can, yeah, I can do a couple things. I can do us la toilette.
2: Oh, awesome, man, that, oh, that, that already know. went over my head.
0: But see, that's the great thing
2: about college, though—you get to do all sorts of stuff. You get to be stupid. I will did say you, though, did you Carlos, ask you
1: Where's the where's the way to the bathroom or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I can recognize stuff like in French. I can't really speak it. I just say, like, it's funny because I met this girl one time, and you know, um, this before I was married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see. Look now, he's doing it. Oh, the well, well, three
0: married guys podcast. Holy shit! Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And she was um uh, French
1: and so I I kind of um you know introduced myself in French and front yeah in French and she really thought I knew French. So she would like just start spewing yeah, be out. Stuff. With that shit. I'm yeah. like oh shit. <laughs> I did that with Japanese once. I was like, ooh, I, ooh, okay. Yeah. Like, hold on, hold but, on. No, I'm not that guy, I just took took it in you know college and and high school but i didn't really retain the majority of it and i watched a few french films like you know but
0: that's it (laughs) i went into a subway in it was in quebec city and i went on like a family vacation we were in quebec city and i went jogging and then i just needed a napkin real bad to blow my nose and i walk into like subway like the american sandwich chain and i like go in and i have like all my memories in my head of how to do it i'm like uh donne moi une serviette, and then I'm like, give me a napkin. Like that just seems rude to just like walk in and go like, give me a napkin. <laughs> so I'm like, how do I say it like nice? And I I'm, like I'm phrasing the words, and she looks at me, just goes, say it in English. Aww. Right, you like this? You, <laughs> you you wasting my time,
2: you fool. <laughs> like no one good now. You could have Google translated it before you got in there, but no, you had to struggle <laughs> through it. Oh, oh, man. That's funny. Well, it looked like we run out of stuff to talk about immediately with emergency, but I do right. want to ask you guys, do you have any last thoughts on this?
0: Um, I, I like this movie. I didn't see it at Sundance because I read the logline, and it was like, you know, three, I think it was basically like three men of color experience a an emergency and have to debate whether to call the police, and I was like, that sounds like, <laughs> I feel like I've already seen the movie from that description like that right. i don't know how you're going to stretch that out to like a 90 minute movie yeah. and they did they did a really they good mistakes the they did a nice job raising the stakes and making me care about the characters and be super invested in it and it was interesting i thought it was really nuanced and very funny in places very scary in places um i heard a podcast today the bready stanell's podcast where william friedkin said that the hat trick in a movie is to go from complete tra so to, from complete comedy to complete tragedy, and I think this kind of does that. It accomplishes a lot of the hat tricks. So mm-hmm. kudos! I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, me too. I feel the same way. I um also think like you know it's something to be said about any film that starts off um, the inspiration from the film starts off from a short film and is able to be stretched to like what you said to a ninety minute film, right? um so that's that's um an inspiring because i think that the writing in it was pretty good you know i think it accomplished what it was trying to accomplish as far as theme wise um and just like what aaron said you know kudos definitely to the acting um also
2: to just like the the vibes the the it just it made me feel like i was in college again for a second like it it
1: had a really good feel to it and it's like something me and Tim talk about, like a lot is um dialogue, right? You know, you have dialogue that feels like actual, you like believable, like I feel like I can hear these people talking or I know these people type of thing. And and then um also to Tim's point, what you were talking about, about you know, recognizing characters, yeah, you know, from their, you know, personality, is something about too how dialogue plays a part into that too, you know. Like, Sean doesn't talk like Kool-Aid and Kool-Aid doesn't talk like Sean, you know? Yeah. And then also, I, I, I know I'm saying a lot, like, towards like, the oh end, yeah. I think, like, when we talk about nuance is that sometimes I think as writers, people get kind of caught into, like, creating, like, stereotypes in a sense. Kind of like, 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 I was thinking about, too, when I was watching it, like, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Like, Will is the cool guy. And Carlton is the square, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just seems like that all the time throughout the series. And then as the series start to grow, you see that they have a little bit, you know, more nuance to them as characters. And and then, and then it's the same thing with Kunle and Sean. Like Kunle can come off as being like square, but he also, you know, stands his ground when he needs to stand his ground, you know, because he stands up to Sean a few times. Like he showed pretty much, for lack of better words, that he ain't no bitch. So and then, but at the same time, Sean, who seems to be a little bit cooler or this or that, he also shows a certain amount of vulnerability. So yeah. that's that's I, I really like that. And I like that they were able to show that and pull that off. So that's all I got.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it just does a lot of things. Well, I really appreciate what this movie um does and and, you know it's i don't know it's it's a really interesting project for amazon to take on um i I think it's it's really cool to give actors this kind of stuff and i I, one thing that we neglected to mention I, i wish we had mentioned it earlier um to keith's point um specificity you know i was taught like coming into you know like people who, who write well and being taught by professors and just reading books about it, everything I was talking about, like specificity is like the most important thing to like establishing character. Um, that, that can be within dialogue, can be all sorts of ways, but there's so much about this movie and like the unique traits of being Nigerian uh, that really stick out in the way the family speaks and talks about things. And, and you know, I it, it's, it's, you know, always neat. You know, it is has been brought up a couple of times. It's being able to see the different sorts of blackness come into um, cinema. I hope to see more of this. I think it's it's a really um, cool thing to uh, see these new perspectives and these new actors um, in, in this uh, arena get get these opportunities. So, you know, I, I think you know, there's, the sky's the limit for a lot of these these uh, actors we've seen. I definitely hope to see them with more stuff. And, um, you know, and just more, just more, I mean, because in a lot of ways this movie is is about race, but that specificity is what makes it feel like it's not just a race movie, if that makes sense, or a Black film the same way. Like it is, you know, in, in all the important ways, but there are other characters too, and their experiences and identities are also important. They're not central to everything else, but they do impact how things turn out in ways that feel legitimate.
1: Right.
2: All right, so if you made it this far, you obviously enjoyed yourself. We really, you know, uh, all like this movie. That, that has been rare recently. We've, we've, except like the Batman, I think everything else we've kind of been like, uh, kind of like, man, do, do we love every one of these things we've been doing? But th- <laughs> this, It's been interesting. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. I think we're gonna try Stranger Things part one next. Uh, right before part two comes out so that'll be uh, a good segue before we hit the holidays Um, other than that i think we're
1: about ready to close keith could you tell people where they can follow us on the social yeah you guys can follow us on instagram at the low key pod all right perfect tim anything you'd like to plug for movie maker this week or coming up in the month next month or
0: so um, our next issue is going to be really good. It's going to have another Sundance movie star on the cover, and I probably shouldn't say who she is yet. Oh. Um, she also comes from the NBC sitcom world since we've been mentioning The Office.
2: Interesting. We took it from thousands of potential
1: people to
0: tens.
1: Interesting. It's from Maisel. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what made me just say that. I'll just
0: get through out of that. She's named after a song by the 70s, by the 70s group bread. Hmm. Oh, that does not help me.
2: <laughs> it helps <laughs> some of our listeners. It is that that he might as well just give me the uh yeah. what do
1: they call it? The uh on uh, I'm I'm acting like I recognize it too. But I no. need I need a
2: uh, I need a line. What do they call yeah. it on a who wants to be a millionaire? No. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I'm gonna phone a friend. <laughs> farm farm. You're going to be white and over 40. I need some help. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> over 60, honestly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good problem. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, well, look, we appreciate y'all. We see y'all. everybody doing the next one. All right. Peace. Yeah.
0: It's Aubrey Plaza. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, that's, that's exciting. Work. Hold on. What's what's the project? It's called Emily the Criminal. Oh, you can stop it.
1: now if you want to. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: Ha ha, I'm gonna cut... Keep-